Married with Children, the podcast, hosted by Dustin and Callie, two 30-somethings, just trying to make it through everyday life, sponsored by Spring Valley Farms. Spring Valley Farms is a family-owned, certified Angus farm that specializes in show cattle and freezer beef. If you have a young child breaking into the 4-H scene, there isn't a better place to visit than Spring Valley Farms. They aren't just looking to sell you a show heifer or show steer. They will be with you throughout the entire show experience. If you're a more experienced showman that would appreciate support from the farm that you buy your show cattle from, Spring Valley Farms is the place. The head herdsman for Spring Valley Farms has spent time working, showing, and fitting cattle at many Indiana regional shows, along with the National Junior Angus Show. If you have interest in Spring Valley Farms, feel free to email us at marriedwithchildrenshow at gmail.com. And now, it's time for the show. Welcome back to the Married with Children Show podcast. Um... A little later this week, we thought we were going to have a guest in studio, and uh, I kind of came down sick on Sunday afternoon and, and even into Monday night, so we're recording this here on Tuesday night at about 9 o'clock uh, with plans to release it on Wednesday morning, so a little behind our, our uh, intended schedule. <laughs> right. You kind of messed up our entire schedule we had planned, so... But glad to see you're feeling better. That's always nice. Yes, I'm I'm back from the dead. I don't know exactly what was wrong with me, but I was really struggling. Sunday I had to go get measured for new suits, and there is nothing worse, I don't think, than having to change into new clothes and be <laughs> measured and when you're not feeling well. Um, yeah, you took it like a champ, though. Yeah. So, you know, the first thing I want to say is, you know, we've done two episodes of this, and, you know, I want to thank everybody who has tuned in and who has listened. Um, we've gotten quite a bit of feedback. I know a lot of text messages, yeah. some emails, you know, talking about it. I had a, uh, actually the, the, uh, lady who was supposed to come on and be our guest this week, um, stopped me today and said her brother-in-law had started listening to the podcast oh, really? and listened to the Super Bowl episode. And, and he thought it was really funny, which I immediately thought as I left the office, is it funny because it's a train wreck or is it funny because <laughs> I know right we're actually funny I mean I don't really I don't really think we're that funny but um I mean I've had some people say that too that you know they thought it was good or they or they, I mean they thought it was funny and I'm like I'm pretty sure I don't know if it's one of those like you're laughing with us or laughing at us type things but well either way I guess they're you know they're saying they're we're laughing. funny yeah so, but, you know, I, I really appreciate that. And I, you know, keep the feedback rolling in. Again, our email address is marriedwithchildrenshow at gmail.com. Um, we're also available on multiple different social medias. And we've not been as good with keeping up our social media, and that's on me. Um, we'll try and get more posts out there and, and do more than just announce when our episodes right, are coming right. out. So, but, you know, keep giving us feedback. Again, if you've got guests or, or ideas of people who could be good on the show, you know, shoot those our way because, you know, we want to interview people. And like I said, we had planned on having a guest this week and we're going to try and start having a guest in each week from here on out. And I fell ill and didn't want to cancel yeah. on her at the last minute. Yeah. So I am looking forward to when we can have 
somebody here so that it's not just me and you having it. They don't have to just listen to you and I talk. Absolutely, because <laughs> you even get bored with that. Yeah. Hey, uh, so Callie, good week, bad week. How was it? Uh, it's been pretty good. Not too bad. We had a doctor's appointment and stuff today, and so we're trucking right along as far as uh, the new baby coming. So that was always good. So that makes for a good week. Yeah, very excited. I, you know, things were good today. Um, you know, good report from the doctor, and we're still on pace. So very excited uh, for that baby to come here in May and, and yeah. add to the family. Yeah, so. So I guess the big story for me this weekend is, you know, an event that, that my wife and I try to attend every year is, is the annual hospice gala um, in our county. Uh, I think hospice does really great work and, um, you know, it, it is a great organization for people. So it's something we try and do. And, and with me being involved in education, a lot of the young ladies at, at our school run for hospice queen in which they work to raise money and the queen is crowned based on the the largest amount of money uh, raised so you and i went saturday night yeah very nice evening went out with some friends yeah it was good we the the good part about this gala that we go to is we kind of um get to hang out with uh, we kind of have a group that this is kind of especially the once a year that we always get together and get to hang out no kids that kind of thing um so it's always kind of a good a good time so it was good yeah it was a lot of fun um you know the the theme this year was diamonds and denim right which i can't think of for you know for two folks from southern indiana that many others might call redneck or <laughs> pretty or, close to that too i can't think of anything better than diamonds and denim being mixed together yeah so we we went to the the hospice gala and and walked through, looked at all the uh, the silent auction items, right? Uh, and bid on some of those silent auction items. But then my favorite part of any of these events we go to is the live auction, right? Um, to which I think is one of your least favorite <laughs> events. I yeah, I I always just kind of try and sit still, don't nod my head or wave my hand or anything crazy. But I somehow always find to be away far enough from you that you can't well, stop me. And you know, it's it's. The interesting part is usually we kind of look at that stuff together and it's like, oh, okay, well, this is kind of cool or this, that, you know, or that's, you know, all right. But, you know, sometimes we just venture off of that, you know, here was kind of what we thought was a good purchase. Yeah. And we didn't really get a chance to go through the live auction items prior to uh, this auction. Um, I don't know why. Got busy. Yeah. But we didn't. So we got to the live auction, and, and the second item on the list was a, a pair of Pacers tickets for March 5th, uh, an evening game against the Milwaukee Bucks, which, you know, has the Greek feet, freak, excuse me, the Greek freak, <laughs> um, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Antetokounmpo. I, no idea. I can't help you. Antetokounmpo, I think. I, I, I don't know. You're looking at me like I could help you with that It's why they've nicknamed him the Greek Freak. <laughs> okay. Well, I've I know it's Giannis because it's like G-I-A-N-N-I-S, but it's Giannis. Antetokounmpo. Antetokounmpo. I, I don't think I've said it right yet, but I can't figure out where I'm Well, you've I'm going tried wrong. like five different ways, so maybe okay. if somebody actually knows, can let us know. Yeah. Well, they'll send me that. You know, like when the English teacher sends you the, yeah. what's that called? The... The pronunciation. Yeah, the pronunciation. You can key. also Google it and it'll say I it have for you. no idea. You know, I was, you know, totally getting off track here already, but 
Um, <laughs> Way off track. The train is off the rails. I uh, I happen to be reading the Seymour paper today, and over by the <laughs> this is way off. Yeah, but it it, it comes <laughs> back to a pronunciation key. Oh yeah, okay. which happens to be right by the hospital where we had a doctor's appointment. Today. Right, and you know the art statue that's the dog that looks like it's hiking its leg on the fire hydrant. Yeah, right there in front of the countertop store. Yes, okay. yes. Um, there the Seymour mayor and city council is asking for that to be removed, but really, that's not the the part of the story that connects. <laughs> okay, that. Art piece has always been, it's named, it's spelled D-I-O-G-E-E, which I never understood why it was named that uh-huh. until I read the article today. And that's the pronunciation for D-O-G. That's oh. the art piece's name. Not dog. D-O-G. Really? So I had no idea. So again, see, I told you, it, even though the train derailed a little bit. <laughs> it, it really did. Um, it did connect back at least to the pronunciation <laughs> keys. But so Pacers tickets for, you know, the Greek freak versus the Pacers. And to be honest, I'm a, I'm a natural Bulls fan. I was say it wasn't even like the Pacers were playing the Bulls. That's what I didn't understand. No, but but I'm not a I'm not an NBA basketball hater. I enjoy the NBA. I don't watch it nearly as much in the regular season as I probably should. But or could. But. I still enjoy – I don't understand. I understand the idea that they don't play much defense. I right. understand the idea that it's – which I think it, they are actually moving a little bit away from. I understand the idea that it is, um, you know, single-man basketball. Yeah, one-on-one Isolation basketball, yeah. um, which I think, again, is moving away with teams like the Spurs and the Warriors and right. some of these others. But, you know, the Pacers uh, have been exciting to watch this year. You know, the addition of Victor Oladipo and yeah. and some of the young blood there um, have really made them exciting to watch again. So, you know, I, I, I and I would like to see the Greek freak. I mean, he's like seven foot tall and they say he's got the handles of a, a guard and can move like a guard. And he's, you know, this yeah. ridiculous one of a lifetime thing. So anyway, I see these tickets and I thought, you know what? I'm going to buy something at this auction because I like to donate to hospice. So I, I bid, I bid, you know, once or twice, which then you realize that I was bidding because the auctioneer kept pointing over top of your head. Yeah. Cause I'm sitting there at the table talking to some of my friends and I am like seeing them point to the people behind me. And I'm like, who, what are they doing bidding on this thing? And I'm like, I, I'm like, who is bidding? And I turn around and it was you. <laughs> I was like, um, what, what, are you, what are you bidding on this for? I didn't really know that that was a purchase we were thinking of making. And, and some husbands would be in trouble just simply for buying Pacers tickets. You know, and they are lower level. They're good seats. Yeah. Would, but would be in trouble for just buying Pacers tickets. But I always try to take things a step farther. Yes. Yes, you do. And later in the evening, and I got to talking to some people around me, but later in the evening, the last live auction item that was listed in the brochure mm-hmm. was a $150 gift card to Prime 47 Steakhouse. I've never been to Prime 47 Steakhouse. I've heard very good things. Um, in Indy. Yeah. yeah, in Indy. It's actually, I, I pulled out the Pacers tickets we bought tonight, and they're actually the sponsor on the back of the ticket. So it was, really? a, it was a perfect segue. But yeah. I had seen that, and I thought, you know what? My birthday's March 2nd. Yeah. It's right around this ball game. Yeah. I'll buy us this Prime 47 steak gift card. I can package that with the Pacers tickets, steak dinner, nice night out, 
Pacers game, come home. I mean, what more could you want? Perfect date night. Absolutely. So, again, talking to people, I have a little bit of ADD and kind of get distracted at times. Yeah, just a little. So I got in a conversation. I turn around and on the big screen, Prime 47 Steakhouse. $150 gift card (laughs) with a big picture of like a filet mignon steak. I mean, beautiful, beautiful steak. So I think, boom, I'm going to do this. Didn't ask you again. No. Which I think later we can talk about the possible theme that not asking you has led me to bad decisions. Yeah. But I immediately turn around. I hear the auctioneer say $50. My head says there's no way you're going to get a $150 state gift card for $50. And you would be true. So I bid. He says 50 And within like 0.5 <laughs> seconds, he <laughs> says sold. And I think, I mean, he didn't even do the thing like, do I have 60 Can I get 60 Can I get, you know, he didn't even going do. Going once, going twice. No, Anna. there was no going once. There was no, it, I said 50 and it was boom, sold to this guy over here. And I thought, how did they not run this state gift card up? I mean, I really didn't think I would win the state gift which, card. Which again, uh, as I'm sitting there and he's standing behind me, chit-chatting and everything. And I, and as, as he, I, I didn't realize he was bidding. Uh, because I think he only bid that one time and as he bids and literally they say sold that's as I kind of turn around because what he did not realize is yes they did still have the steakhouse um, thing on the over or on the overhead um, so I will give him that however he missed the part where they pulled in front of that big screen uh, two big flower arrangements um, that are sitting there on kind of a little pedestal with jeans uh, because of the, you know, denim and diamonds theme. But what he didn't realize is they were not auctioning the state gift card. They were auctioning this floral arrangement. And when I say a floral arrangement, I, I mean, like, honestly, it's like a, it was one of those kind of really big, like, and I call it, it was like a funeral floral arrangement. Um, I mean, big, like, over-the-top type of a thing. And as he said, the guy says sold, I turn around to Dustin and I say, Dustin, because I'm, I'm first I'm like, who in the world is bidding behind me? Because all of our group of friends are behind me, uh, or some of them. And they were like, your husband. And I turn around and I said, what are you doing? And Dustin was like, I'm bidding on a gift card. I just... One, a Prime 47 Steakhouse gift card. False. So, because as I as he says sold, you know, I'm like, I finally figure out he's bidding. I said, Dustin, you're bidding on those flowers. And he's like, no, I'm not. <laughs> and he was like, no, I'm not. I, I just bought that gift card. I bought a $150 gift card for 50 bucks. I said, no, Dustin. Deal of the night. I said, you just bought one of those floral arrangements for $50. And, you know, he's kind of like, what? And... As we're kind of having this back and forth conversation, all of our friends are cracking up and the auctioneer is then asking Dustin, do you want one or both? Because there were two floor arrangements they had pulled in front and he asked. Not two state gift cards. Not two state gift cards. (laughs) And he said, and he's like, do you want one or both? And I'm like, 
he's asking you if you want one or both of those flowers. And Dustin goes, uh, I just want one. And he said, well, which one do you want? And he says, just that first one there on the left. I had still not seen either flower arrangement. Didn't realize they had been pulled up front. I was so distraught over the idea <laughs> that I wasn't going to Prime 47 Steakhouse. For 50 bucks. For $50 and didn't get the opportunity. But I will say that after seeing this flower arrangement, and I promise that we will throw it up on the Married with yeah, Children Yeah, I definitely show, think you need to. Uh, all of our social media, um, and I'll tag this because this, you know, we're, we're going to call this episode the brotherhood of the traveling bedazzled pants. Yeah, it's 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 definitely, um, it's one of a kind. It is. I took them actually in, put them in the teacher's lounge uh, at school where I work because uh, Monday was February birthday celebration and the entire teacher's lounge was decorated for Valentine's Day and birthdays. And I thought, what more perfect than a pair of, because yeah. literally when you'll see these, you'll understand, it's literally like a size zero jean yeah. on two by fours. Um, with bedazzled diamonds all yeah, over them, and like, then a literally like a funeral spray at the top. Yes, of live flowers. I mean, yeah, I, it, it was live flowers. It was probably honestly an expensive flower yes, arrangement. Yes, I'm sure it was. I mean, between you know the just the jeans and the and the floral arrangement and everything, I'm sure that we they they lost money, but with the fifty dollars, but still. I mean, and and I will say it was fifty dollars, and I, I mean honestly, it was probably fifty dollars well spent because the rest of the night—that is all anyone talked about—was. I mean, everyone was dying <laughs> laughing, like I, I mean, like almost like crying because Dustin truly, truly thought he was I buying did. a gift card. I did. Um, hey, but you know what? Like I said, it was fifty dollars worth of entertainment that that was priceless in the in the long run. And and this kind of follows up a tradition of me buying random things right. at these live auctions. The first one we went to, we were building our house at the time, so it's not as random as what most right. people think. But I bought a, a triaxle load of rock, gravel. And a lot of people thought I was really weird. Now, we had no driveway at yeah. that time. Very practical right. purchase. Uh, the pants, I, I don't have an argument for. Well, I mean, like even even the other day, or maybe that was today, my dad... We were talking about it, and Dad said, uh, "said our, our, we said something about this weekend going to the gala." And Dad said, uh, "Well, did you buy another load of rock?" And I said, "No, actually, we didn't, but we bought something better. We bought some flowers." And of course, then we have to go through the whole story. And I mean, it's like really, yep. I mean, at, at least the rock, even though other people may have thought it sounded crazy or kind of weird, um, you know, it was useful. This is just crazy and weird like really hey it can happen to the best of us and needless to say the other one since they did have to sell the second one only went for 25 dollars. so we wasted 50 they only paid 25 for it do we have any idea what the gift card actually went for because obviously it had been sold before i have no idea i really don't because i mean and we're sitting there and a bunch of the girls are we're just sitting there chit-chatting and talking and stuff while the whole auction is going on because i mean we don't we don't buy any of it. You know, that's that's the guy's thing, which I guess is probably part of the issue. But, um, you know, I mean, that's what we're talking about. We're like, we, we sit there and I'm like, man, it looks like a floral or like a funeral arrangement. And somebody, one of the other girls says, where in the world would you even put that? And then like not even 30 seconds later, well, I'm the one that has to figure out where in the world would you put that? Because my husband just bought it. Well, one suggestion that I had given to me today, but... <laughs> Or yesterday, I can't remember, but I was too afraid to do it. 
they suggested that I pull the flower arrangement out and with Wednesday being Valentine's Day, pay someone to deliver it to your school. Oh, gosh. With the half-dead funeral <sighs> bouquet yeah. as a Valentine's Day present. Oh. I told Who them. Who suggested that? I, I don't remember, or I'm going to keep them anonymous. I, w- but, I would like to know. Well, I'm sure you would, but I told them that I think that would lead to divorce. <laughs> if you had to see it again and figure out something to do with talk it. About, talk about being embarrassed. I mean, I was already embarrassed the first time whenever it's like, yep, that was, that was my husband that did that, let alone him delivering everybody else getting flowers. And I'm not a big flower person, but I mean, at least if they're flowers, like, I, I kill them soon enough. I don't need help with it. Well, and I think there's a possibility. There's been some discussion of using the pants and recreating a floral arrangement for our prom oh, and having really? them be at the prom. So oh. I think that I think it's going to be an ongoing joke. It, but it may be. Hey, another thing I wanted to talk to you about, you know, and both of us drive. I mean, both of us have a commute for work. I, yes. I'm about 25, 30 minutes. You're about the same. About, yeah. You know, and when you drive all the time, what what's one thing that that kind of freaks you out, or would or would freak you out if you were driving, like a, a mechanical problem or something? You know, obviously we all don't want to get hit head on. Yeah. But but something that would kind of freak you out that would be kind of crazy. I don't know. I'm always nervous of something bad. I mean, like something's going to happen, or my. I mean, like I, I guess I'm always nervous that. Uh, of course, it kind of happened, but I'm I'm always nervous I'm going to have a flat tire and then my car is going to like jolt one way or something. Mm-hmm. You know, you like you usually do in that movies. when you drive my truck. No, I do it when I drive my car and truck. I guess I'm just <laughs> bad with tires. Well, this story I found tonight. Um, this is from ABC News um, and Emily Shapiro and Ben Stein. I don't believe that's the Ben Stein from When Ben Stein's Money. I was going to say really, but this. It, the the title of the article is "My Gas Pedal Is Stuck." BMW driver oh. tells nine one one as he barrels down the interstate at a hundred miles per hour. He drove for nearly forty miles on Monday with his gas pedal stuck, going over a hundred. Was miles he on the? In, does it say he was on the interstate? Yeah, he was on the interstate at and said that, interstate. that he called nine one one. Um, when authorities made several tr- attempts to stop him and told a nine one one dispatcher calmly. My gas pedal is stuck. Um, now, wow. I have, when I drove an S10 when I was in high school, there's actually a little spring that comes out and holds the the brake pedal so that you can activate the brake. And if you would pull it out the wrong way, like if your toe would catch up underneath yeah. it and pull it out, it would actually pop that spring off. And a couple times, never at a high rate of speed, that would happen. And that always freaked me out that I'd be like going down the highway right. and, and not have a break. But oh I've gosh. never thought about this. So it says the driver, Joseph Cooper, was alone in his SUV on I-95 near Vero Beach just before 1 p.m. when he lost control. He told emergency dispatchers authorities helped control traffic as he careened as fast as 95 miles per hour with flashers and a green strobe on. Asked if he could shift into neutral, he told the dispatcher, I can't, ma'am. I tried that already. I'm trying to hold on to the wheel and talk to you at the same time. It says, let's see. Oh, my gosh. Like, what do they do? Like, how do they? Uh, It says authorities tried to slow down the car using spike stop sticks. Cooper avoided them, and the highway patrol reported. The officials tossed out stop sticks again, blowing out the right two tires, which slowed the car down to about 60 miles an hour, the highway patrol said. Um, They then... Hit the put spike strips down the left two lanes that slowed the car to 40 miles per hour, but Cooper was still unable to stop. 
the vehicle was traveling on all four rims with no tires. Oh, my gosh. I mean, this is like a uh, Grand Theft Auto, yeah. you know, scene. Yeah, for real. Um, it says minutes later, the, the video shows the SUV coming to a complete stop. And as smoke surrounds the vehicle, the driver got out to talk to authorities. Oh, my. Do you think he got in trouble for that? I mean, like, I, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily, I mean, like, obviously, I wouldn't necessarily think so. Do you think? Well, I think there would have to be an investigation. Well, yeah, yeah, I think I you're mean, right. Like, you can't. There, and there's like, going to have to be some proof that the, the that pedal That it really did happen. Yeah, I don't think, like, you know, I got to go back to Indianapolis on Thursday for for a meeting i don't think i can run 100 miles an hour the whole way there just, just like say, oops sorry yeah my pedal stuck i agree with that and i don't know why anyone would do that and then end up with spikes stripping both their tires right. and now you're down four bmw See, but rims my, but my question is is he obviously was going 100 miles an hour to start with right well no because if if the throttle cable stuck you would be at throttled wide open oh uh, okay you understand what i'm saying yeah so if like you like i had a dirt bike at one point that the throttle cable would stick and, and it just go like floors. Well, it's it's just like it's caught the metal. all the way open. Right. Yeah, it's, it's, oh, okay. So that that could be what happened okay. there, but um, so obviously, you know, uh, I would think that's that's got to be a rough Monday morning. I mean, forty miles is a long way. I mean, that's here north of Columbus to be yeah. running a hundred miles an yeah. hour on the interstate. Yeah, so it is. that would definitely be a wild ride. Wow. Another uh, article I found. Let me see if I can find it still here. Steve Kerr. We talked a little bit about NBA basketball earlier and me purchasing the Pacers tickets. Uh, this article says here, and, and I always find interest, and, in, you know, obviously I coached and you coached, and I take a lot of interest in some of the outside-the-box type of coaches. Right. You know, I mean, there's no doubt I find interest in guys like, you know, Nick Saban, because he does it as a high level, you know, or, or even a Bill Belichick, you know, yeah. but they do it with old school discipline, fear, yeah. you know, those kind of things. I find a lot of interest in the guys that are kind of outside the box. And I think Steve Kerr fits that mold. Yeah. Greg Popovich, even though he's kind of old school, I think Popovich has a lot more of that kind of letting guys do their thing. Right. Right. So I find that interesting. Well, this says Steve Kerr, um, had had kind of been feeling like the Warriors have been in a slump as of late. Yeah. And they he felt like they had split their last six games going three and three. And he said that we're mentally tired right now and limping to the finish line of the all star break. So when they scale that when they were squaring off against the Phoenix Suns on Monday night, Kerr decided to take his hands off the wheel and let the players steer, it says. Kerr's not the first coach to hand the reins to the players during the the game. His old coach has been known to do it from time to time, which his old coach would have been Phil Jackson. Right. So Kerr literally backed away and let the players coach themselves. And there's some actually tweets here where they're in timeouts and the team is huddled and the team is talking or one of the players has a board is drawing something up and Kerr is literally off to the side talking to someone else. Really? Which I think, you know, not only is that amazing because, you know, they uh, they ended up annihilating Phoenix uh, 129 to 83. Wow. But, hey, you've got to be pretty confident in your job because you hey, know, yeah. outside of being the head coach of the Golden State Warriors in the NBA, 
that's a real good way to figure out you're not necessary. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, you're right. A real good way of thinking, well, obviously the, the thing can just run itself. So uh, it, you don't even really need to be there. So, And, and you know, the <laughs> the other thing is, it all looks good and you get articles like this written and you get tweets that say things like Draymond Green and David West are now consulting with JaVel McGee to run this huddle. You know, when you win 129 to 83, those kind of things come out. Right. When you lose 129 to 83, the idea doesn't look nearly as good. Well, and I'm sure, uh, you know, in the huddle, I mean, it's it's a lot less pressure when you're up by 40 than when you're down, you know, whether it's a close game or you're down by 40 to where, I mean, like just the, the players themselves, I would think would be bickering and, you know, everybody's an NBA player, so they know more than the other guy or whatever. I mean, so, I mean, I do think you have to have confidence in your team chemistry just because you don't want somebody to, you know, be taking the reins and uh, kind of going, you know, and taking with taking it the wrong direction, I guess. And, and what I would have thought would have been very interesting and and I don't know, I, I didn't see the press conference with Steve Kerr afterwards. Do you think had it become a tight game, do you think he steps in? I, I almost, I would think so. Do you think? I don't know. I think Kerr is. Do you think he, I, I, he, I can see him letting it ride, I guess. Well, I think he's confident enough. I mean, he's not worried about his job status, obviously. Right. And I think he's confident enough that I think he would let those players continue to do it, to prove a point, to give them those opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. But, wow. You know, one thing we always did when we were coaching high school football is we'd pick one day in the summer to let the kids, we wouldn't show up. Yeah. We would typically, uh, one of us would end up in the press box where we always started our workout on the track or we'd be in the parking lot. But, you know, we, we started promptly at 630 every day and one of us would, none of us would be there. So the reason why we would do that is we wanted to observe, kind of a social experiment to observe and see, did we have leaders? Who was going to step up? Right. Who was going to make sure that, hey, it's 6.30. We don't have to have coaches here at 6.30. We go. We know expectations. So we did a lot of those things built into practice. Yeah. But I've never in a game just said, take it. Right. Right. I think that's, that's pretty, pretty crazy. All right, so another article I found that I found some interest, and, in, you know, here being Valentine's Day, and, and, you know, the first thing I want to ask you is you're not a big Valentine's Day person. No, 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 I'm I'm definitely not. Um, you know, Valentine's Day, I guess for me, I'm like, it, I we usually spend enough money on each other doing, uh, you know, birthdays and Christmas and that kind of thing. By the time, it, you know, Valentine's Day comes around, I mean, we've just had Christmas. My birthday's in November. We've had Christmas. Your birthday's in, in March. I mean, for me, Valentine's Day, I'm like, hey, let's go out to eat and that call it a night, you know. Yeah, and I've fine. already gotten in trouble this year because I, our son bought you a gift. Yes. And I bought the podcast a, a gift. Yeah. So I'm in we're trouble. Not, we're not. We we've we've kind of always made a pact. We're not like going to buy each other anything because we just don't do that for Valentine's Day. And you broke it. Wow, well, Alan. And then, well, and then well, and then you try and say, well, Alan bought this for you, which obviously <laughs> we all know he's three. Um, but uh, he so he didn't get on Amazon and buy this. But uh, hey, we have a lot of those Amazon buttons. He could so have anyway. <laughs> but uh. 
no but so anyway dustin even says hey alan look this is the present you got mom and alan says i didn't get mom anything <laughs> and i'm like exactly yeah we're gonna work on that yeah in the future. that may be something you want to work on if you're gonna tell him that he bought or you know say he, he just needs it. to say yes to everything i say yeah so in the idea of, of valentine's day and and love and and that whole idea i found this article um and this is from mirror dot com um, and it says that medical tests will be available by 2028 to determine if you're in love or you're faking it. And the question in the article is, <laughs> would you take it? Like, why would they do that? Well, it says that they believe there's biological evidence for being truly in love. And this would be a painless, non-invasive procedure will enable doctors to accurately determine whether a patient is truly smitten or just faking it. I just think that is just asking for trouble. It's going to look at the chemicals in your brain to see if you're truly feeling in love. So would you would you want to go take that and see? No. Why not? I don't know. I don't think I'd want that. I mean, I, I obviously would think that, that you would love me, but I, I mean, I don't want to, like, if I find out that it's faking it, like, that would just make me sad. <laughs> see, I see this as an entire revival of the maury povich show because yes. maury always did the you're not the father yes now we can do this prior you're to a really child in being involved yeah so before we so instead of having the the pregnancy test but reveals, do you but do you think that those people claim to really be in love though yes i think some of oh. them you think so i think they think they are i think they tell each other they are I don't even I think know they want to believe they are. I just think it's a bunch of one night stands that they're like, you're the father, not the father. No. How many times have you watched Maury? I don't know. I guess not enough. It's always like my brother's sister's cousin. I met him down the road and he <laughs> used to date my cousin's friend that we bought the dog off of. And then and then now he's dating me. And and I don't know if it's my baby or the dog or the dog owner or what. I mean, that's what that's what it all comes down <laughs> okay. to. And that was, good, that was pretty good. Yeah, well, I, well I, I'm going to try and take over for Maury because I think what we do is instead of letting the children get involved, because with both of us being involved in education, I don't want to see yeah. more kids, you know, no. in the in the CPS system and DCS, those kind of things. So I think we do this right off the bat, you know, prior to you got to take this test, prove if you are in love. We'll have everybody come out and we can say you're in love or not. Nah, you're faking it and it'll work. So what do you think? I mean, would you take it? See, I don't think I would have to. I, I, I really don't. That's I guess I guess I the interesting thing for me is you're not really taking it for yourself. Right. You I mean you've got to force your partner to go Absolutely. in and take it too. Right, right. Um so I mean I understand your perspective. I, I guess it would be really I guess the only reason why I think I would is in the interesting thing is that you know, you said earlier with the people that are on the Maury show, do they really even love each other? Do they know they love each other? You know, those kind of things. I mean, with my whole heart, I believe I love you. Right. Um, that's why I married you. That's why we're starting a family together. I mean, I have no reason not to. What I would find very interesting is what if the test told me that 
I was faking it because I don't yeah. believe I am. I mean, right, I, right. And that's that. I don't that's, want someone no, to read into this and think, oh, this is Dustin telling Callie that he no longer wants to, you know, be with. That's not what I'm saying. No, but, that, but that, that's exactly what I think would be my fear too. Like, because yes, I totally agree. But it's like, what if they told me that you I'm weren't fake, in love with me? Right. And then what are you gonna think? Because then you're gonna think I'm faking it, and I'm like really not fake. You know what I mean? Like I'm not faking it. So. Yeah, I think. I, so I think, like, for us, I think it's almost like a lose lose situation. Yeah, I, I don't see anything. I mean, what what do you get out of saying, oh, yeah, you guys actually love each other? But, so. I mean, I agree. I agree with maybe some of those kind of things that it's like, or, you know, somebody that's, I don't know. I mean, you've had issues with relationships or been married multiple times or whatever. And maybe it's like, well, maybe you should figure out, are you truly in love or is this just kind of a heat of the moment thing yeah I, I guess my thing that would intrigue me is you know I've got a psychology and sociology background yeah it's psychology and sociology education I'll never claim to be a psychologist <laughs> or a sociologist right. but that's what I always loved when I taught psychology and I'd have kids come up after class and say hey my my cousin does this really weird thing. Do you think he's schizophrenic? And I'm like, I have no credentials <laughs> whatsoever. I cannot diagnose to any tell of that. you any of that. But because of my intrigue in that, it would probably intrigue me to do it in the sense that I would want to see how it went. I right. want to see what they were looking for. So what what is the process of it? They said it's actually like an MRI. So really? it's actually going to because it's going to scan your brain waves. I thought maybe it'd be more like a lie detector type test. No, it, it's actually looking at the chemicals in your brain because what they believe is there's a specific chemical release in our brain when we're in love. Okay. And they're going to be looking at that to see if they're if you are in love, if you have that that if you've chemical. Got that chemical. What I think would be interesting and and there was a there was a great study um and I'm it's I'm gonna lose it now, but I think it was called Forty Two, maybe or Forty Nine. Um, it's a documentary series, and I'll try and look it up here in just a second. Um, that a, a sociologist did, and what he he took a group of kids um, when they were seven years old, and he studied them every seven years from then. Uh huh. And actually, he's passed away now, but they've continued that because I think there's still a handful of them you know, alive. There was actually a Netflix documentary that came out about it a few years ago. But he studied them every seven years to to really get an idea of sociologically how do we grow as people. And it was this really right. long term study to look at one individual instead of sample groups and trying to make those Right, fit. right. What I think would be really interesting about this test is to do something very similar. You know, when we talk about our three and a half year old you know, our three and a half year old obviously tells us he loves us. Right. Does he really? I mean, yes. Do I think he do? I think he loves us because he needs us for shelter and for food and for all those survival things. Right. But does he understand what the word love means? Well, but that's my question would be, OK, so they found this chemical meaning something's like, you know, like I'm in love with something or someone. Does that mean it's my significant other? Why well, I don't think it would have to mean that. I, that's what I mean. It's like, I, I mean, it. I mean, and I obviously, like, it could be because I love my son. Does that mean that I love? And I don't know the process. The process you maybe showing you, you know, people or hearing people's yeah, voice to that, see that come out. Right, right. Maybe that's true. I think it would be very interesting, though, to run this study 
over time as someone grows up. Yes, you I know, agree. Both of us teach in high school settings, and we both know how unbelievable you know a high school relationship is they are so in love oh it's it's i mean i mean and it's like within a week and they name their kids and they've got their wedding venue and she's picked out a dress and you know i once had a then they're gone i once had an eighth grade whenever i taught at the middle school i once had an eighth grade couple that was quote unquote engaged that's impressive with a ring from the Oktoberfest. why not true love right there hey when i was at the middle school i always laugh because I taught in a very inner city middle school, and I loved how every passing period you would see a guy with a different girl. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. We would. I mean, he would get on. There was this one certain kid, and me and the other <laughs> teachers used to really laugh because he would have a different girlfriend every passing period. It's like my first period girlfriend and my second period well, he girlfriend. Would, he would find one in class, and then he right. would walk her to her next class, but every period. And then you would see the other girl kind of trailing behind, and you could tell she was upset. So literally, his relationships lasted 42 minutes. Wow. And then he had to move on. Hey, props to him. So I, I do think looking at, you know, because I, I tell this to kids sometimes when I have to counsel them or talk to them about relationships. And, right. And one thing as adults, you know, I agree 100%. We can laugh and joke about it, and I think it's ridiculous. But, you know, when you're talking to a kid— it's real. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I when know. they're heartbroken, yes. they are heartbroken. Yes. Um, we don't understand it. But and yeah. I always tease kids. I'll say, well, how long were we together? And and some kids will say, you know, we were together a year. We were together right. you know, 15 right. months. And I always joke and I always say, that's man, that's like being married for 10 years. Because, it, you know, high school relationships yeah. are like dog years. I mean, yeah. You, it, yeah. if you make it like 15 months, that's like 10 years of marriage. It is. I agree. So. You know, I think sometimes we forget that, you know, it is serious to them. So I would and be interested to see. To yes, I agree. Is this thing in their brain when they're 15? Yeah, I would. Yeah, it would be interesting if you did like the every seven year thing. I don't know if you'd want to do it cl- like a closer together, maybe like every five years or something. But yeah, I mean, I, just but but to just to kind of I know you were talking about a different, you know, thing, but just to kind of see, you know, where are they at, you know, like at 10 or or whatever. And then like you know, 15 when they're in those high school years and kind of starting to... Well, and, and think about on the opposite end. Think about on the opposite end of, I've been married 10 years. Yeah. And I'm oh, married yeah. 15 years. Yeah. And then I'm married 20 years. How many people out there say they're in love and are still married? Right. But are it's really out of convenience. Yeah. Um, it's out of, you know a belief in not being divorced right and i'm not putting anybody down that has that belief or anything right. like that but i think it would be very interesting to see and, and and if you could see when when did we lose that right what what was the thing that that kind of trailed us off right um to where we weren't loving anymore and where yeah and where was it just kind of well we just i mean we're i mean it's just kind of like you said convenience it's there i mean for whatever reason but so to transition away from that, you know, another thing, and I actually saw this this morning on the news, and then I found an article here on Yahoo, um, and it's actually, I believe, a, a Japanese researcher, yeah, um, that has, they, they did a study and found you will stay thinner, and the key to losing weight without changing your diet is eating slowly. What do you think about that? I, You know, I've, I've always heard, I mean, I've heard that before. Um, I am pretty much a I'm a I'm a fast eater and so I don't know it's hard for me I just I mean I just eat fast compared to most people 
I do know that whenever I was in college, there was a girl, uh, one of my friends that seriously was the slowest eater ever. And, you know, whenever I would eat with her, you know, even our group of friends, like I'm one of the first ones done. And she seriously had just maybe eaten like three bites of her sandwich. Oh, and, yeah. I coached with a guy. I mean, the slowest um, eater. And you know what? This girl is probably like 105 pounds soaking wet. This so guy's that, not. Okay. This guy is not. Well, so it would fit because I'm not. But he and was, I eat fast. He and, was crazy about. Like what? What's the rule? Like chewing every bite eleven. Oh times? yeah, like yeah. I don't know. It's more than that, I think, isn't it? I don't know, but he would count and chew. He would seriously count. Well, he he claims he didn't, but I know he did because <laughs> there's no other way that you sit there that right. long. Yeah. So I mean, like I said, I've kind of heard that, but I mean, I don't know. It's it's hard for me. I mean, uh, I I definitely don't eat slow, and I don't either. And and I see a lot of truth in it. And the idea was. When you eat fast, you don't give your body time to realize that you've eaten enough calories. Right. Yeah. So or you overeat. Full. Right. And obviously I'm on a diet right now and I think I think obviously I had a problem with portion size and overeating yeah. and and I'm trying to kind of get that under control. And I think one thing that, that helps with that is eating slower because I realize that I'm not hungry. I don't need that, to go get seconds. I don't. You don't need, to need go another sandwich or or you know whatever it is or extra big portions. Yeah. Yeah. I don't need the combo meal supersized with a bonus dollar sandwich. Yeah, with an extra whatever. Yeah. So yeah, I think I think there's some truth to it. Um, how much I'm not quite sure, uh, but I do think there's some truth to it. So, all right, social media, huge part of all of our lives. Um, I've heard a lot of discussions about social media and and you know good the bad the indifferent yeah um i like social media i am not a i i have i will admit that i'm i'm moving away from facebook more and more really because all i see is political hatred and and yeah. recipes and <laughs> i can't i can't jump on board with a lot of that stuff so i enjoy the snapchat the twitter and instagram i've i've newly found instagram and i like yeah. it a lot better yeah but i found this article today and it says, jail time or Facebook Live apology. Coco Thief picks public shame. And it the question is, would you rather go to jail or confess to your crime on Facebook Live? Now, here's my problem. In a, in a society where I think most of us feel that social media is playing too big of a role. Yes. Um, is giving people, you know, these ideas that they're bigger than what they think they are. And, and you know, my buddies at, at the podcast Smugcast um, had a great discussion about some of this stuff today about how people want to find something to be offended about so that they can respond online. Yeah. And, and my one thing, you know, listening to their podcast that kept coming to mind for me was, are they truly offended or are they just trying to find a side to rail on? Well, and they just like commenting i mean there's things that i read that i'm just like i'm i'm i think something in my head but i would never i don't need to write it i mean i don't i agree i i mean are they just writing it to write it to like you said pick a side and kind of be cool or what i don't know and it says this is the best part of the guy it says the guy was uh actually stole it was a smoke shop in coco village florida and said that he stole from the shop at the same time he was applying for a job which is a great 
part yeah. of your application. For any of our unemployed listeners out there, that is not a great way yeah. to find employment. Please don't do. Says that he had a four-minute Facebook Live confession that was shared hundreds of times um, before it was deleted. Uh, that he said, my name is, and I'll leave his name out of it, and I made the biggest dis- mistake of my life. I could have had a great job. Um, said it took four minutes for him to make this public apology. Uh, my thing is, um, I just hate seeing us integrating even more social media, too. Right. I mean, is that really necessary? I mean... Yeah, I, I, I really struggle with the idea that... I mean, if you want to find a way for the guy to get out of it, I think there's other ways to, to do so. I mean, you know what I mean? Like to, I don't know, have him pay the money back, like whatever just, it is. I'm not a huge fan of the whole public humiliation yeah. type thing. Um, you know, I, I don't know that I think that does a, a huge part uh, for them to learn their lessons. I right. think Because I think you can you're playing a really close line between him being embarrassed and him becoming kind of a martyr or superstar because you're the guy that, yeah. Hey, you're the guy that stole from the smoke shop and had the four minute video because right. I mean, when we really look at how a lot of younger people are using right. social media, it's only about attention. Yes. It's not about content. It's not about quality. It's about attention. And that's what would worry me in this and backfire. Well, and I would like, I mean, it's one thing if it's positive, you know, type of a, of, of a video, I mean, versus negative. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of negative stuff out there, even like what we talked about earlier. I mean, it, there's a lot of negatives. So why not, you know, so I would rather see positive, I guess, in, in videos, comments, whatever it is. All right. To finish up, we got a couple things here left I want to get into. And one of them is the uh, Valentine's Day present that I bought the podcast. And this yeah. is something we're going to use here in the future. Uh, with guests, but Callie and I are going to try it out tonight, and it's called Table Topics, and it's a little plastic cube with about 500 cards in it or so. Is that how many you think are in there? I have no idea. <laughs> I threw out a number. <laughs> we'll count them later. Yeah, I'll let, I'll let Alan do that, um, even though he can only get to about 18. <laughs> well, he, he'll he get to 500 if I tell him that's how many he needs to get One, to. One, two, 500. Yeah. But... uh. They're just random questions, and they're supposed to start conversation. So I, I think each of us will pick one. We'll okay. discuss what we end up with, and uh, then we've got to move on to the most exciting point of the night, which oh, is yeah. yep. figuring out what song you're going to karaoke yes. at the start of the, the next episode. The biggest loser right here. Yeah. Yes. So I'll go ahead and draw first. Okay. Let's see what I got here. Dun, dun, dun. Would you rather live by the beach or in the mountains, and why? Well, I would say I would rather live by the beach. I definitely would rather vacation by the beach, and I would say I probably would rather live by the beach just because I do like the beach and the ocean and the water and stuff, I, I guess. Yeah, I'm a huge water guy. I like I like swimming. I like being in the water, right. but I'm not a huge beach guy. Yeah. I'm more of a pool guy. Yeah. Um, so for me, it would be all about the mountains. Yeah, um, I, I figured I would want a remote cabin way up in the mountain somewhere and, and be able to kind of be off on my own and do my own thing. It's and like off of the grid or whatever. Yeah, abso- oh, are. yeah. I, I want to build one in Alaska off the yeah. grid and uh, be self-sufficient and do all those kind of things. So I think I would pick the mountains for sure. Yeah, I think I would have to do the beach. All right, your card. Okay. Uh, if you could work as an assistant to anyone for a year, who would you choose? Wow, that's pretty good. That is a good one. 
Hmm. You got one? Um, I would probably say... I I would probably say right off the bat, just just throwing it out there, I would probably say, kind of going with uh, our Grammy theme, I would probably say Miranda Lambert. Really? One of, one of my top people. I just think that would, I, I mean, I I think that would be cool to kind of do the tourist, like tour kind of life for a year, you know, seeing what it's like on stage. I mean, like backstage, hanging out with the the cool people, you know, I mean, I'm not used to that, so... <laughs> <laughs> That would be cool to see um, what it's like, but I mean, I think that would be gonna, cool. I'm going to take a little offense to that. Well, How are you not hang, used to <laughs> hang out with the cool people? Yeah, that that was probably not uh, said correctly. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I think I kind of went a different way. That's kind of cool. I didn't I didn't take the question as that. You know, thinking about you know, uh, kind of a hobby or something I really enjoy because I, I'm sure a lot of people. And after you said that, it totally dawned on me. I'm sure a lot of people are thinking some football coach that I'd want to be around, but right, yeah, I, I didn't even, yeah. But if I'm being honest, uh, the first name that popped into my mind was, which I it took me a second to think of the name, but is Ron Clark of the oh, Ron Clark really? Academy and okay. the and the Ron Clark story, the movie. Yeah, um, he's got an academy in Atlanta. Yeah, um, which is very innovative, very different the yeah. way they they do middle school and and even with me being a high school guy, I think if I could just spend a year and and really watch what he does and how does he yeah. do it and how does he build That's buy-in cool. and some of the leadership stuff that he has. I think that would be a huge asset to me. So I think I would choose Ron Clark. So I really thought you would uh, go with like Barack Obama, like President Obama or something. I, that one would be cool. Um, that one would be cool. Of course, I mean, I think it would be cool if it was a few years ago. If he was in office, was, I think yes. he'd be a lot more interested than watching him play in his library. Right. Like and now. And his next eh. speech and his, you know, and his yeah. uh, foundation. But uh yeah, I, I I think I would I think Ron Clark would be the one that comes to mind. I would have never thought of that. Um, that that really jumped off the page. So, okay. all right, song choice. So we're gonna look here. Oh gosh, we had. Uh, I really apologize to everyone that's that's listening. If if you decide to listen, I apologize. <laughs> and and I apologize to all our listeners that are looking forward to hearing you sing because. I had planned for it to be this podcast, but with me coming down ill, we didn't get a chance to record this Sunday, and and it's going to take a little bit of a setup here because depending on what song you get, you're going to need the words. Yes, definitely going to need the so words, probably. So we had some submissions. Um, I did let Callie throw in a song of her choice. I thought it was only fair um, <laughs> that she gets the opportunity to possibly have something come up. I threw in my choice, which is... I didn't see what yours was. Oh, I, mine is... I just I don't want to miss a thing. Oh, is that right? That's what you ended up with. The one where it was one day we were in the car and he was throwing out seriously like fifteen different songs. Maybe I'll do this one. Maybe I'll do this one. And I I'm went like, through oh, I gosh. went through a lot of my my iPhone you know music yes. list and and even downloaded a few extras. I did, and I thought about Beck's Loser. Um, I thought about Three Doors Down's Loser. Yeah, you like those. I, well, I like the Loser theme since you did lose, uh, but. <laughs> I settled on I Don't Want to Miss a Thing by Aerosmith from the Armageddon soundtrack because (laughs) you despise Steven Tyler. I know. I'm just not a fan. (laughs) And I I love Aerosmith, love Steven Tyler, and you despise him not because of his music. No. Because of how he looks. He has got the biggest mouth of anyone I have ever seen. And when he sings, it's like his entire face and yes that just kind of bothers me i don't know why 
I so don't know. the options are Bulls on Parade by Rage Against the Machine, which I cannot wait. I hope oh so gosh. badly that is it. That was a viewer submission or listener submission. I sound like BJ from Smugcast. He calls them viewers. Uh, Barbie Girl by Aqua. <laughs> awesome. I Don't Want to Miss a Thing by Aerosmith. Don't Stop Believing by Journey, which you admitted was your go-to <laughs> college karaoke yeah, song. Yeah, like 12 years ago. And then You Broke Up With Me by Walker Hayes. <laughs> so I've entered all these in in, oh, a, gosh. in a website that does random picking. So I'm going to reach over here right now and pick us a winner, and it's going to be Bulls on Parade by Rage real? Against the Machine. Is that real? It's right there on the computer. I don't even know that song. Well, you've got a week to get prepared. I don't even know that song. <laughs> you've got a week to get prepared. One of the great anti-government bands, Rage Against the Machine. Oh, my gosh. Um, and you are going to perform Bulls on Parade. And I would like to throw out... A huge shout out yeah. and a huge thank you to Seawolf. Yeah, thanks. Uh, I thanks know a he, lot, buddy. I, <laughs> I know he's a listener, and you know he's thrown some feedback to us. He, he threw a, a suggestion on singer songwriter uh, John Prine. Uh, really good. Really enjoyed listening to some of his oh stuff after we had the Grammys. I threw out this challenge. He immediately sent me a Snapchat. I with, could have done like any of the other ones, at least I've heard of before. Yeah, I really didn't think I'd get lucky enough for this one to come up. Oh, my so, gosh. I really didn't think so either. So I will. What are, how many were there? Like five? One in five? It was like a 20% chance? Yes. And I hit it. You did. So I will make sure that that's on your phone so that you can. <laughs> yeah, I know. I need to be listening to it. You can to listen it. to it all week. And oh when gosh. we record our, our episode next week, we will lead in with Callie uh, performing Bulls on Parade by Rage Against the Machine. Wow. Awesome. <laughs> so, uh, this weekend, busy weekend, Daytona 500 on Sunday. Um, we got a high school basketball game Saturday night. Uh, tractor pulls, National Farm Machinery Show yeah, going big, on this week. Big weekend. Big weekend. Um, so, probably won't have a guest again on the next episode, but we'll be looking to get one okay. on the episode after that. Um, so we'll try and come up with some things again. If you've got people that would be interesting to have us talk to, shoot us an email. Um, we've got some in mind if we can just figure out a, a, a date and a time. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll work on that, uh, you know, and, and get an opportunity to, to bring some other people in the studio again, a huge thank you to Seawolf for the suggestion yeah. of bulls on the parade, Thanks. bulls on parade by, uh, rage against the machine. <laughs> Um, Callie may be calling you at some point this week for some pointers. Yeah. Uh, on that song. And calling you other things. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, otherwise, anything as we go out, Cal? No, I think I'm good. Hey, have a great week and join us again next week on Married with Children, the podcast.